Are you ready to live an active lifestyle? Welcome to Behind the Bluff, where we believe every moment of your life is an opportunity to pursue wellness on your terms. I'm your host, Jeff Ford, and I'm joined today with co-host Kendra Till. Hi, everyone. On this episode, we are diving deeper into the four corners of our wellness program, beginning with today's conversation on fitness. And by the end of our time today, you will shift your perspective on fitness and have a better understanding of what we can do with the three A's. Right on. Which Perspective ex- is going to shift. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm si- excited to learn more about the, the three A's. I'm, I'm interested to learn more about this, Jeff. But before we dive in, I'm really interested to hear a little bit more about your fitness journey and how that's shaped where you are today and your perspective on fitness. So my journey is quite historic, if you will. Uh, Early on in in high school is when I got into working out on my own. So I played hockey and golf. Okay. Two very different sports. Very different. One, you need to be a little more muscular. (laughs) One, you just need to be able to swing a club. And during that time, something came over me where I just wanted to start taking care of my health. And oftentimes folks turn to fitness for a few different reasons, whether it's aesthetics, longevity, uh, getting better at a sport. I turned to fitness during this period of my life (laughs) more so for aesthetics, actually. Oh, And it surprises me to this day that I didn't think about gearing my training (laughs) towards like getting better at golf or getting better at hockey, Mm -hmm. especially when I would often get checked over the boards because I weighed 140 pounds. (laughs) So in hockey, you want to be strong and muscular. And that, that just wasn't a thing for me. Anyways, I would do my hockey practices, uh, play golf five to six times a week. And on top of that, I started going to the gym five to six times a week. So there was a local gym. I grew up in Massachusetts called Excel. And it was one of those old school gyms. You got all the machines, free weights, cardio, just absolutely packed. And I would actually record keep and journal every set, every rep. And I got quite obsessive about it. I started taking protein supplements, uh, creatine, and it was all geared towards this concept of, of, trying to look better and and feel more confident in my skin. Um, A funny story (laughs) during this period in my life was the evening routine that I upheld. I would actually put on like Edwin McCain, I'll be, and um, (laughs) even Jesse McCartney, Beautiful Soul, uh, some of those, (laughs) those classic hits. And I would do crunches, like 300 crunches. I didn't know what sit-ups were at the time. (laughs) And I'd do like oblique side crunches. I would literally do every ab variation to try to create a six-pack. And I reflect on it because I'm like, wow, like I worked out for very different reasons very early on in my fitness journey. Mm -hmm. From there, uh, I, I... went off to school, college, Clemson University, and it was during that time that I continued this consistent routine, no longer playing hockey. There's not much hockey in no. South Carolina. No, not, not much. <laughs> and I would wake up very early in the morning, and I'd go over to the rec center at like 6 a.m. In college, rec centers are just packed mm-hmm. later in the day, later in the morning, and then in the early evening, because we all know college students. I was an anomaly. I wasn't too much into partying. I was 
tended to be more of a loner in college where I would work out. <laughs> I'd schedule all my classes earlier in the day, and then I'd actually go to work right after that. And it wasn't because I actually had to pay my tuition. It was just sort of my wiring as a human being. So I got into this routine personally, and it just felt amazing to me. I felt like I was doing something that was beneficial, mm-hmm. not only like with how it made me feel from a confidence perspective, but I, I knew working out was good for me. Mm-hmm. And after that college consistency, it was about my junior year that I was like, what do I want to do with my life? Like, what do I think I'll be passionate about? Mm-hmm. And at, I, I actually got my undergraduate degree in marketing. So at that time, I didn't really know what my career was going to be. And I stumbled online just looking. I, I don't know how I exactly came across it, but I found this internship in Hilton Head Island. And it was at a retreat program. This retreat still exists to this day. And that's where I became an intern, started teaching fitness classes, and started working with people um, who were very deconditioned, individuals going to this facility to improve their lives. And I think that was the spark that gave me this excitement for helping people Mm -hmm. and helping people when they've hit their rock bottom. During that period of my life, to add to this this journey even further, I was still figuring out fitness and, and what it meant to me. And I was in this place where more was better. Mm-hmm. The more fitness I do, the better people are going to like me, the more fit I'm going to be, the, the better I'm going to feel. And in reality, that, that wasn't the case looking back on this period of time. So this is like my early 20s now up into, you know, later 20s and I got into excessive endurance training. So I would run 60, 80 miles a week. I would, I then stumbled into doing CrossFit five to six days a week. And my body actually never built muscle. And I remember during this period in my life that I had what would probably be termed as exercise orexia, Mm -hmm. where I never thought I was doing enough. And I would only allow foods in my body when I did a 15 to 20 mile run. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting because my body actually never changed until I began to learn the principles behind fitness and how it it isn't about more is better. And we shouldn't just be thinking about our fitness routines so that we look better and that there's more to this puzzle. And actually all of these goals don't have to be mutually exclusive. We can train to improve our sport. We can train to improve our longevity, our quality of life, and we can also train to improve how we look and feel in our bodies. And so I've done multiple Ironmans. I've done a 50-mile run. It was a super fun, exciting time in my life as far as um, going to different places and exploring and having that bug. And it's brought me to where I am today here at Palmetto Bluff and previous roles of now making sure that when individuals start their own fitness journey or they start their new fitness routines, they take the perspective, what, what do they really want out of the routine? How do they want their life to be different? And then working back for, backwards from there versus just falling into, I've got to do X number of days a week of strength, X number of days of cardio. And I, I feel like we often complicate something 
that should should very much be bringing us energy. Mm, that's really fascinating. And, and you're right, Jeff. I mean, people do exercise for different reasons. You know, some people might choose to exercise to improve their their golf game or their their swimming or whatever it might be. And so or some might be looking at it from that longevity perspective or, as you mentioned, Aesthetically, Aesthetically, they just want to look good. And, that, and that's <laughs> popular, especially here at Palmetto Bluff. There's social mm-hmm. events. There's so many people in here that, you know, feeling good in your body and feeling confident in your body, it, it is important. And, we, and I think sometimes trainers or uh, professionals, they shy away from actually like saying it. Mm-hmm. So I love when a member or a client says exactly what they want from their plan so we can make sure we're all moving in the same direction. Absolutely, yeah. And that's probably really your experiences and your your own personal passion with fitness and how that's probably really shaped your perspective to where it is today, sitting where you are. And so I'm curious, can you define, kind of going back to how we mentioned at the start, these three A's, this definition of fitness – and how we've come about with these three A's. I'm interested to learn more about this. Yeah, it, it stems a lot from my personal experience and journey because I've almost gone through these different phases and how I personally look at fitness and mm-hmm. how I view it. And then that has applied to our discussions here in designing the philosophy and making sure the approach is multifaceted. It's it's targeted towards the many different goals that folks have. So the three A's that we use here at Palmetto Bluff that define our fitness corner, Love it. if you will. Oh, yeah. Is what corner are we we're, in? We're northeast. Okay, northeast, yeah, northeast now. Got it. Yeah, so, so fitness is the northeast okay. corner. Uh, for those who don't have the visual. <laughs> um, and we'll, we'll get a diagram going. We can get that in the show notes Good or something idea. like that. I like it. Um, but your three A's to kind of stay with, with without the definitions of each of these uh, initially are ability, aptitude, and activities. So in looking at fitness and having a perspective on fitness, we want to look at the, uh, is our fitness routine, is it helping us complete activities of daily life. So the ability to complete activities of daily life is an important part of anyone's fitness routine. And we'll come back and discuss that a a bit further. Second, aptitude. To participate in life on your terms. And then the third A, which is more about the what, like the composure of your routine what you're doing on a weekly basis is activities that provide the energy to overcome mental and physical challenges. So high level, these are our three A's that can kind of guide the setup of helping someone achieve their goals Mm. from a fitness perspective. Right, right. And so just in terms of with the ability to, you know, as you said, to complete activities of daily life. I mean, that's a broad spectrum of things, isn't it? A very broad spectrum. And traditional training programs have at times failed to target uh, these specific movement patterns. So what, what we're saying when we refer to activities of daily life or daily living activities in the literature, this is ADLs or DLAs, you know, we're, we're asking sitting, are, are you putting things in your routines that have to do with sitting and standing, bending and lifting, standing on one leg, carrying. Mm -hmm. So the training movements that we believe are 
foundational mm-hmm. for someone's fitness are squats, deadlifts, step-ups, push-up, uh, pull-up or a rowing-type pattern, a pulling pattern, and then also farmer carries. These are the types of movements that are going to help you live a high quality of your life. We know, and we don't have to beat down the literature today, (laughs) that most folks lose their ability to live the way they used to live. So it's less about living long when it comes to like how, how we design your fitness routine is less about helping you live a long life. It's more about helping you live a strong, healthy, and capable life. So it's really focusing on that quality of the life and being able to perform those activities that really are, they seem small and trivial, but when you really think about it, they are so imperative and what they're what get us through from, from start to finish of our day. When we're, start to finish is a great point there, yeah. Andra. Because it's in, in, you don't realize how important these movement patterns are until mm-hmm. you can no longer do them. And I think we see that a lot here, especially new members who need to get back into fitness or have never developed a fitness routine that are composed of these patterns that help them right. from start to finish get through their day. Right. And I think that can also include the activities such as playing golf, playing tennis, playing pickleball. Yeah. So that- like ability mm-hmm. leads us right into aptitude Mm -hmm. to participate in life on your terms. So like a few questions that we can think about in this bucket of your, your fitness definition is when, like, for instance, when a friend invites you to do something, Kendra, like, how do you respond? Well, right now you're a Pilates expert. (laughs) You move a lot during the day for your job. Uh, you are an adventurous person. And you're probably like, yeah, whatever it is, I want to do <laughs> it with there. you. You're also a very friendly person. I'm too. a yes person. You are a yes person. <laughs> and and that is one of those questions that when a friend invites you later in life to do something, how are you going to respond? Like another example here that definitely connects with, with our membership base is like when your grandchild asks you to play with them, what's your reaction? Mm. Are you like, sweetie, I can't do that? Or is it like yippee, I've been doing these things with my personal trainer in these classes so that I can have fun with my grandchild. And we've heard that example before, but it it doesn't make it any less true. Mm -hmm. Another angle of this, which we see a lot here, I can't tell you how many times a spouse drags another (laughs) spouse into our uh, movement studio or for like a wellness screening. It does happen a lot. Yeah, and and you see this too, like with Reformer Pilates. When you get some gets someone going on Mm -hmm. the reformer in your private sessions, it's like, oh, next the husband's coming or the wife's coming. They see the benefits. They want to get them involved. Yeah. And and that's such a testament to, you know, designing programs that are inclusive and Mm -hmm. folks feel comfortable joining. But that like if we relate this to aptitude, like when your spouse asks you to go on a trip to Europe or on a trip to a place you've never been where there's going to be a lot of walking, you're probably thinking to yourself sometimes, how will my body hold up? Right. So yeah, aptitude is, to your point, being able to do all those activities like bike riding around this beautiful campus, pickleball, tennis, golfing, being able to step onto a boat. Mm -hmm. A member invites you to go onto a boat. Like, What's your reaction? So I think that's what's very important to keep in mind is that fitness 
is designed to help us do all these other fun things that aren't inside the walls of a gym. With confidence and just really trying to remo- remove that undercurrent of the fear of, oh, what if I can't do this? It's like you can because you've been, you've been working on it. You've been doing the things already. 100%. And then also then that can, as you mentioned, like translating into the, like the pickleball, the tennis, the golf. I mean, you name it. There's a lot of activities going on here at Palmetto Bluff. Yeah. And our golf fitness class, man, it definitely lowers your handicap. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. Very, very true. If you guys have a chance, definitely go check out check Jeff's out. golf fitness class. <laughs> <laughs> For those who aren't at Palmetto Buff, we'll, we'll try to publish a workout yeah, so you can check it out. Great idea. So the third one, we have activities that provide the energy to overcome the, the mental and, and physical challenges that might be faced. So can you dive in a little deeper for that one? Yeah, I'd love to because it's my favorite of the three A's. We've talked about ability, aptitude, and now activities that provide the energy to overcome mental and physical challenges. What, what this means is making sure that the activities in your weekly fitness routine are improving your mental and physical strength. We, we always want a fitness routine to make someone stronger than they were yesterday. And even if that's not just, even if that's not physically every time, it definitely can be mentally. So this is where we get more into the what you're doing, the actual composure of the routine. And the question I have for for listeners on this one, a lot of the time is like, are you pushing yourself enough? Are you getting outside of that comfort zone? So like another angle of this to even the mental side is like, do you incorporate classes that actually force you to slow down? Ooh, that's a big one. Yeah. Do you incorporate meditation Mm -hmm. and yoga in these types of fitness that sometimes we don't value? Mm -hmm. Um, I know we'll go into much more depth in future episodes on just the mental and emotional benefits of fitness. Uh, so yeah, just activities that provide energy, any fitness class, cardio interval set or planned routine, just think about it from the context that it should bring more energy into your life. That's interesting. Cause I guess if we think about this whole shifting of perspective, I suppose some listeners might be like, wow, I'm not really doing my regime for those reasons and Mm -hmm. you know it might really help them to understand a little bit more of like the why and then the what great angle it's almost this thinking that i hope everyone strives to to adopt this thinking that i want to do fitness versus i have to do it and the intangible benefits of it you know aesthetics longevity sports specific improvements we know those are beneficial they're external though mm. so it's getting connected to internally how does your fitness routine allow you to go throughout your day and, and almost your how does your being improve mm. I guess that's where you mentioned you know the importance of the slowing down incorporating those types of classes too to really make, make you think about it a little bit more yeah. I like it so we have our three A's. So we have ability, aptitude, activities. And I guess I'm curious to learn a little bit more your perspective on some of these common fitness myths and misconceptions um, that you might encounter. I mean, I know you and I both encounter a few here, but do you want to maybe explain that a little bit more for listeners, some of these myths and misconceptions about fitness? Yeah, yeah. And I I think this will take us pretty close to the end of our time and, Mm -hmm. and we'll provide listeners with with action steps as always around these three a's um 
so to watch out for, for things that you've maybe heard, things that can stand in your way is falling into the trap of what we would refer to as the three big myths mm -hmm. in regards to fitness in general. So one is older people can't build muscle. The second is fitness drives fat loss. And then from a myth perspective, what really rounds this out is, uh, hey, don't lift heavy weights. Mm. So these three could be episodes in their own right. Let's just take like older people can't build muscle. Well, we just did a healthy momentum program, a uh, four-week program. Mm -hmm. We have an in-body scanner, uh, which uh, assesses uh, muscle uh, fat and gives us a percentage of body fat. Well, in four weeks' time, we've seen people build muscle. Yeah. It's pretty incredible. <laughs> and, and most individuals who participate in that program were over the age of 60. So yeah. never never think you, you can't do something. Oftentimes, it's the right senses. It's having the right routine, especially when it comes to fitness and, and creating that right mix so that your body can respond. The, to real quick touch on fitness drives fat loss, start separating in your brain. Nutrition and sleep drive fat loss. Fitness drives energy and muscle. And then don't lift heavy weights. This is terrible advice. <laughs> and yet, yet, disclaimer, don't lift heavy weights with poor form. form. Oh, yes. Do not lift heavy weights with poor form. Eyes on you. In order for our body to adapt and to, you know, grow muscle, in, in, especially over time, and once you have uh, have a foundation of fitness, you have to keep challenging the body. And our bodies are way more capable than we give it credit for. Oftentimes we're scared of getting injured because of past history or it just feels like, oh, this might make me bulk up. It might make me not look the way that I want to. And uh, the good news is this trend is changing. These three myths are still out there though. Oh, and yeah. um, we, we've got to help educate folks on you know, why, why they are false. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're doing a good job. This is hopefully going to, yeah, get some people to understand. Kickstart the thinking. Kickstart it. <laughs> well, we're coming to the end of the episode. So Jeff, do you want to maybe leave the listeners with just some action steps that they can take um, from some of this information and in in, that we've talked about in today's episode? Totally. So for our fitness corner today, Let's, let's, let's go ahead and, and give you a call to action for each of these A's. So the first A, ability. What I want you to do this week is, in, is reflect on your week-to-week -week program. Do you train the daily living movement patterns? Next, the second A, aptitude. I want you to ask yourself, is your fitness routine helping you participate in life on your terms? Is it specific enough to help you with those activities that are important to you? And then finally, the third A, activities. Is what you're doing in your fitness routine bringing you joy and energy into your life? I love that. Yeah, it should be pretty doable to answer those questions. Really, I like it. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Well, hopefully listeners, you can, you know, as you go about your daily, you know, the, your day and the rest of your week, just bearing this in mind, these three A's. Um, Jeff, thanks so much for sharing all of your insight, your stories. I'd love to know what your playlist was during college. You might have to talk <laughs> about that in your next episode. Yeah, that sounds like a plan. <laughs> but listeners, make sure you hang around. Um, Jeff's going to run you through um, to help you gain some healthy momentum for your week ahead. Thanks so much.
you ever feel like you overreact to negative comments? I don't mean that you yell and scream, but what I'm talking about is you overreact internally, emotionally. If you're like me, it only takes that one unexpected perceived negative comment to bring you down. Now, the key word there is perceived. Because in reality, the comment may have not even been negative. But what we perceived it to be sometimes leads to that emotional spiral that gets us off track. You disregard all the positives when that one negative comes into your world. Now, here's what's interesting. Research suggests that it takes at least three positive interactions to outweigh one negative interaction. Some research even shows that seven to one ratios are necessary for achieving and maintaining a healthy and productive feedback relationship. This means that for every negative comment or interaction, we need to put our focus on the seven positive comments to maintain our health. That's quite a difference, am I right? So here's the question I have for you today. Wouldn't it be great if you could hear criticism on an almost daily basis and simply brush it off? Whether you receive feedback from a coworker or a customer or you have a negative interaction with a loved one, wouldn't it be nice if you just looked at it as information? So to get healthy momentum this week, I want you to remind yourself that developing a thick skin could be an asset. It is actually a positive character trait. Someone with thick skin can remain resilient and unaffected by criticism, rejection, and they can have adversity. It's a protective shield. So, as you go about your week, remember to always take notice of the positives, share the positives with your teammates and loved ones, and don't forget to appreciate every gift you've been given and the gifts that you bring to the world. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode this week. And if you found it valuable, please share it with someone in your life who will also benefit. We look forward to creating healthy momentum with you again next week. Take care.